Hey, I'm Steve Folland. How are you doing? Thanks for downloading. This time, what it's like being freelance for TV and live event producer Jackie Moore. A thing that you really need to know as a freelancer is really understanding who we are, what motivates us, what inspires us and what our values are. You absolutely have to be doing something that you want to do. And and as a freelancer, if you don't know what is driving you to get out of bed every day or push yourself forward or negotiate harder on that deal, then I would recommend that you just spend some time, you know, trying trying to work out what those drivers are. Yeah, how you doing? Hope you're having a good week being freelance. This time, very experienced freelancer Jackie Moore going to be chatting to her in a moment. Just want to remind you, though, take a look, beingfreelance.com. Loads of previous guests all chatting about what it's like being freelance. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, Just make sure you get it every week, basically, and share it with as many people as you can. On Twitter, join us. We are at being freelance. But this week, we go to the States, actually, but with somebody who started life in the UK, but now we're in New York and that is TV and live event producer Jackie Moore. Hey Jackie. Hi Steve. Uh, Thanks for doing this. So let's get started talking about how you got started being freelance. We've we've had people on who've worked in TV before and it almost feels like everybody seems to work freelance in TV at some point. Yeah I think that's probably the, the correct assessment really and I think that's basically just based on the industry as a whole because Obviously, there are not that many broadcasters in the UK. um, And so all of the production companies are making shows for the limited amount of broadcasters that there are in the UK, which means that the production companies can't necessarily have um, people unstaffed uh, because they are just basically at the whim of commissioners. So how did you get started? I knew very early on that I wanted to work in television. So when we were at school, we uh, were allowed to go off and do work experience. And the school would arrange the placements for you. But I knew at that stage that I wanted to work in TV. So I wrote off to all the local production companies and the TV networks in my area and ended up getting a work experience placement with a production company where we were editing in film for a religious documentary for two weeks within Central Television in Birmingham. And it was one of the most exciting things um, at that point that I'd ever come across, sort of walking inside this TV company that I'd seen um, every weekend because I used to go past the TV company every week and just sort of imagine one day being able to go and work from there. So So when you finished school, you went to work for that company or you... Oh, no. So then I went to college and studied photography. And the whole time I was in college, I was actually working with, again, local radio with BBC, just doing work experience. And during my summer, uh, summer holidays, I almost said summer vacations then. Um, but then I realized I was speaking <laughs> to an English person. Um, yeah, during my summer holidays, they would actually, or, you know, Easter holidays, they'd actually pay me um, to, to go and work with them, just doing like general things like um, monitoring the telephone lines during uh, phone-ins and, you know, basic office admin work and just a production assistant um, on the one of the daily shows. So I got a range of experience from then. After college, I then went to university in Bristol and actually did media studies with anthropology, which I'm sort of 
I don't know if it it was useful or not. (laughs) When I graduated, it was quite difficult to get a job. I was obviously in Bristol. The TV industry there is very, very small. And so I actually ended up working with a local newspaper where I did advertising sales, which I absolutely hated. But I can look back at that and say it was really great because it taught me a lot about marketing because we had to learn about sales and marketing and how to gain people's attention, which as a freelancer has been really, really useful in terms of marketing myself going forward. Um, I got bored of that quite quickly, moved to London to do the same thing, um, hated it again. And then I'd, in college, I taught myself how to type. And then in London, there was a, a specific recruitment consultancy that specialised in placing secretaries and PAs in the media industries. So it, it sort of led on from there, really, um, and then was offered jobs on production after just a few months, really, of temping. And then that's where it it went on and on and on to where I am now. Okay, so give us a potted history because you've had some pretty significant um, career through TV, but you've ended up in New York and uh, you do many different things, including working with freelancers and stuff now. So uh, I know it's it's clearly rude to ask a lady her age, but if you can give us some idea of... I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I'm over 40. Um, So I've been in the industry for more years than I haven't, as I say, because I did start off when I was 14. Um, So yeah, so in terms of the plotted history, um, obviously, I moved to London, working with the recruitment consultancy. And that was the start into working with the TV companies. And that's where my TV production career took off, because it was just one position after another, after another, after another. Um, The big benefit of doing that was that I got such a range of experience with a range of companies and on a range of productions. Now, at the time, I'm not sure that I understood how advantageous that that was. Um, But as my career developed, I realized that I had a bit of a unique perspective and unique experience because I wasn't just a, a production person that could only work in documentaries or could only work on entertainment shows or could only work on studio shows. I'd done the full gambit of television production. And, you know, going back to what advice I'll give to other freelancers, I'd say starting off, it's really important to get that sort of plethora of experience under your belt because, you know, it does set you apart from people who basically did, they just looked at specializing way too early on in their career, um, in my opinion. And what happened was I started off in investigative journalism and documentaries. And then what happened, because I was working in factual television, it was when there was a bit, big crossover between factual and entertainment. Um, entertainment shows were seen as too expensive. Factual shows were obviously made in a much more cost-efficient manner at the time. Again, things have changed. So uh, what happened was there were lots of entertainment shows that needed to lend from uh, people with factual experience. So that's when I started working more on entertainment shows. And then as I started working on entertainment, 
entertainment shows. I got working on live shows and uh, big live events. And it's from working on live events and concerts and award shows um, that gave me the experience in events that brought me across to America because I got a job which was a hybrid position between producing televised events and someone who actually knew, had the experience of knowing the complete setup of setting up an event from um, inception as well. Man. So across that whole career then, you have had to sell yourself. As you say, you, you learned how to, to market yourself very early on. So what would you say was key when sort of realising what your skills was and how to portray that to people and then also to find those gigs, you know, to help people find out who the hell you were and that you were available for work? I mean, I think there's a few things, really. And um, it's just it's something I've been doing with uh, the you mentioned earlier. So I run a other company which I set up called Brits in the Box. Originally, it got set up and it was a resource for, you know, British TV producers that had relocated internationally. Uh, But over the time, the recognition of what we do has grown. And now it's more of an information resource for the freelance TV production community as a whole. Um, And that's something that we've definitely been pushing this year. Um, And off the back of that, Earlier on this year, I presented a seminar at um, a big organization here called Freelancers Union, which is like an advocacy group for freelancers in the US. It has over 250,000 members. So I presented a seminar there for freelancers um, where it was specifically helping them on how to market themselves. And it was because I've developed a framework called BREAK, uh, which I think is a memorable acronym as to the five positive steps that you should be taking to market yourself. And it's things that I, you know, do automatically and have been doing automatically because I have been freelance for my entire career. It's a very long-winded way of answering your question. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so the framework is break. And, you know, each one of them is, you could have an hour discussing each one, but how do I market myself? I basically follow the principles of break. And B is always keeping busy, R is for resume and knowing that your resume is a bit more than a two-page or one-page document now. Um, E is for knowing your expertise. So, you know, what is my point of differentiation? A is for accept. So being open to other areas and open to invitations. And K is keep in touch and knowing how to keep in touch with people in an authentic manner rather than just going out and reaching out to people, you know, not just contacting people when you want something from them. So it's a combination of those five steps, which I'm continually doing. So it's not one thing, it's it's each of those things that you have to do all of the time. So with these people who, who come to you that you do um, one-on-one coaching and mentorship for yeah is there like a recurring theme like is there something that freelancers seem to struggle with that you see all the time it's it's they just do not know how to market themselves um it's the same you know the one key mistake uh that everybody seems to do is that when they're working and I get it because production can be really intense when they're working, they neglect their network because they're okay, they're in work, they don't need, you know, another contract at that moment. What happens is that their job finishes 
And then they realize, oh, I haven't got anything lined up. And then they frantically start going out to their network or they frantically start sending random on-spec emails um, to people that they have no relationship with. Freelancers just go out to people when they want work um, and at no other time. And it's a bit, you know, it just doesn't work that way anymore. The industry is too competitive. Um, As you know yourself, Steve, maybe from doing the podcast, you have to, you have to, give value, you know, giving expertise out. And things that I do is I will see an article. It could be an article about anything, but I'll see an article and I'll know, oh, such and such in my network, this really affects their job or this actually might inform them because I, you know, I saw last week on Facebook that they mentioned that they had this problem. So all I'll do is I'll just forward the article to somebody and say, hey, I was thinking of you and I, and I just saw this. Hope everything's okay. And that keeps an ongoing dialogue. And creating an ongoing dialogue means that you are always at the front of somebody's mind so that when the opportunity does arise and that they do need to bring somebody in, they're thinking, oh, well, let me bring that person in because one, they know what's going on and two they always help me they always give me stuff they're always helping me yeah nice have you had mentors throughout your career yes and no I think early on in the UK I did I think here it's something I'm struggling with um, because I really appreciate how important mentors are. Um, and actually, I'm I, in the digital space and in the startup space, and because I'm in that world as well. Um, obviously, with Brits in the Box being a startup, um, I'm being up mentored from a, uh, a much younger generation who are brought up around entrepreneurship. So that's really great from that perspective. Um, but in terms of being mentored in TV now, um, no, and I'm, I'm not sure I'm that happy about that. Um, but I'm, I need to think about perhaps a way to change it. And I think what's difficult about about it now at my level is I'm really happily freelance, and I actually don't want um, a staff job. I mean, that could change at any moment. Um, but at, you know, at this moment, I realize I'm really happily freelance. So being up ment- uh, being mentored by someone who is in a network, um, or senior in a TV industry in a staff position, that's quite difficult because I'm not sure how they're able to help me because generally when you have a mentor, um, you should choose someone who's two or three levels above you because that's the position that you want to be in. But I don't want to be running a television network. So that's the challenge I have at the moment in isolating or and identifying who would be the best person to mentor me at this stage in my television career. And the answer probably is, it's probably not somebody in the TV industry. It's probably someone in the business um, industry. Now, your, your career has changed from just uh, working on TV shows of, of all kinds so that now, okay, you, you do live events, but also you do like consulting and things like that. So it's less working on one production and then that production ends and then you go and work in another production. Uh, so has that changed what it's like to be freelance for you? Um, I think consulting has just evolved really. It's not... 
as though I came to the US and said, okay, I'm going to be consulting in the media industry. It, it really is something that's evolved out of having set up Brits in the Box. Now, Brits in the Box was set up to help people. It wasn't, you know, it's an information resource. It was, you know, originally a support network for the British TV producers, as I say, who had relocated um, and were very much out on an island in terms of wading through and figuring out how things work here. Um, And so just off the back of that, that's when TV production started contacting me. That's when freelancers themselves started contacting me. Um, so in terms of the consulting model, um, it wasn't something that happened proactively. It's something that's happened organically. Um, and in terms of how that fits into my lifestyle, a thing that you really need to know as a freelancer and or have some idea of is what motivates you and what what are your values? And I've spent some time doing this. And I think I had to do this exercise. Um, when I, I did a postgraduate in business management and, and the, the first module, we had to do a lot of um, work on our own self-development and really understanding who we are, what motivates us, what inspires us and what our values are. So I was able then to identify, you know, two key things about me, which really inform a lot of the decisions that I make on a day-to-day basis and on a much bigger picture level, including with my career. And for me, those two values are, you know, integrity is really important to me and it's something that I, you know, I don't ever like being around people who compromise integrity. Um, And the other thing is, naturally, I just like to help people. So, um, you know, the consulting work is, is really a way of me being to help people. And when I help people, then I feel fulfilled as a person. Is it going to make me a millionaire? Possibly not. But, you know, and there are people who will take advantage of the fact that I am willing to help. But I have to look at that and say, well, what do I do? Do I just not help anybody? That would actually make me more unhappy than helping, you know, 100 people and two or three of them may take advantage. Um, You know, I have to look at the the bigger picture um, and, and know what makes me happy, what gets me out of bed every day, what inspires me to continually just keep on going. New York is a really, really tough city to live in. So you absolutely have to be doing something that you want to do. And and as a freelancer, if you don't know what is driving you to get out of bed every day or push yourself forward or negotiate harder on that deal, then I would recommend that you just spend some time, you know, trying, trying to work out what those drivers are. No, away from sort of like the actual work. Yeah. On the personal side of things across your career, has there been a way, any ways that you've picked up or that you've you've decided that you like that keep you ticking over and being positive and happy and giving you the you know the drive to do everything that you do work wise? Personally, 
Uh, I think the biggest one for me recently is actually when I moved to the US again, because New York is so, so crazy at times. Um, it's discovering meditation and really knowing, learning how to cut off the noise, just, you know, from spending 10 to 12 minutes every day, just meditating in the morning, clearing my mind, um, and, and then like really setting the tone for my day. Um, and that's how I can function in New York because I think the first year when I was here, it would, you know, it would drive you crazy because there's just so much going on. There's so much noise, you know, uh, working environments are way more pressurized than, um, in the UK. And it was really, really stressful. So, uh, discovering meditation has been a really good way for me. Uh, you know, I'm someone who always exercised. So, you know, someone made the association that you take care of your body. Why would you not take care of your mind? Why would you not do a workout for your mind? Um, and that's what I do every day. Every day I start with, with my mind being clear. Um, I notice personally, it's really calmed me down. Um, I deal really well with pressure, um, and, and stress. Um, um, and it, I'm, I'm really sort of now quite untouched by pressure and stress. It just doesn't get to me at all. Whereas before, um, you know, p- perhaps I would overthink things or when things go wrong in TV, as I often do, you know, overanalyze them and worry about, oh, is this the end of my career? Am I ever going to work again? Um, but I think that what meditation has given me um, is given me faith that, you know, things, they always work out. Whatever goes wrong, things always work out. Um, and I've worked in live television uh, for a number of years. And I don't know why it took meditation for me to realize that because when you work <laughs> in live TV, things always go wrong. But guess what? They always work out. So, um, yeah, if you, don't, if you don't get into meditation, I suggest you go and work in live TV. So you, uh, you get that. <laughs> You get that inner confidence. <laughs> it's good, yeah. You know, I, I, I'd heard, I tried meditating. I tried the Headspace app, but I found that I was getting stressed because I would be stressed. Because I'm not naturally a very stressed person, but I yeah. found myself getting stressed about finding time in order to make sure I wasn't getting stressed. If you see what I mean, yeah, so you it's just, something I want to come back to. Because- yeah, you just have to make it a habit. Like, so think about what's the first thing. What's your routine? What's the first thing you do? in the morning yeah you see it involves kids i need to wait until they're out of the house and then maybe chill out right okay because Didn't... i found that meditating during an episode of pepper pig just isn't long enough you need it <laughs> maybe netflix i need netflix so that i can have three in a row without having to get up. yeah i mean i read a report that said that you only need to meditate for 12 minutes a day to actually get the benefits of meditation so me i'm all about efficiency so if i'm in a crunch 12 minutes is all i do 12 um, minutes yeah i think so... that's an episode of bob the builder actually so I'm yeah yeah should... but yeah 12 minutes a day like even before you go to bed it means you're just clearing the screen before the next day you'll sleep better you I mean I can tell you're a very calm person in your voice and but someone like me I'm really really high energy so it's like how do you calm it down Um, and when you're high energy if you if your mind's spinning at you know 
180 miles per hour how do you maintain calm and focus that whole time and definitely meditation uh, especially in New York I, I don't think I could still be in New York if I didn't meditate and that that really is the truth it's the first thing I do when I wake up every morning I don't do it at weekends it's a Monday to Friday habit <laughs> yeah, nice um, now can you tell me three facts about yourself make two true one a lie and let me figure out a lie okay so um I would like to relate this back to specific things that have happened whilst filming and those moments as a freelancer where you think, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. Brilliant. Um, So the first one is when we were filming in Spain and we were filming a reality series And it was back in the day when we used to film on tapes and you couldn't really rely on courier services to get rushes back to you when you needed them on time. So I got sent out to Spain specifically um, to attend the shoot for a couple of days and then to bring the rushes back to the UK. So I did that, but I bought duty free at the airport and came off the plane with the duty free, but I left the rushes in the overhead locker of the plane. <laughs> My second story um, was that I was working for a makeover show. We had these vehicles delivered to us uh, by Volkswagen all for free. And we had them um, emblazoned with the, the name of the show. And I drove my vehicle um, with all of the filming equipment to a petrol station and filled it up, but put the wrong fuel into it. So got into the back of the van to get the instructor manual as to what I was supposed to do um, because I'd cleared everything out from the front of the van. And I got locked in the back of the van for an hour on a petrol forecourt, screaming and nobody came. Um, and and then the next story is I was filming um, a big music festival in Ireland we were flying in the crew from the UK and doesn't matter how many times you tell them please now allow enough time to check in for the flight Dublin is classed as an international flight please do not check in 45 minutes beforehand you would have missed the flight so um, we were we were staggering our crew arrivals uh, because some of them were coming off another job at the time for I think they were working for MTV or another show Um, so we're in Ireland and we're about to film our headline act and I couldn't get the crew out any sooner because they were coming off the back of another job and they all missed their flight. So we were in a situation where we had no crew, none of our crew were ready to film the headline act at this music festival. Thankfully, there was more than one stage um, at the festival, and I had to beg, borrow, steal, and plead crew members from one of the other stages, which thankfully wasn't recording live at that time. <laughs> so a whole crew missed its flight. Um, reality, so duty-free, you left the rushes for a TV show in the overhead locker. But remember the Toblerone, so that's good. Um, and you got locked in the back of a van for an hour screaming on a petrol force day. Okay, which one don't I think? It, um, they are all brilliant. And I'm, see, I'm going to go f- for the 
back of a vat? How do you get locked in? Would you get locked in the back of a vat? Would you? And on a petrol station forecourt, wouldn't they come out and wonder why on earth somebody had parked a car for an hour? I don't reckon number two is true. Somebody would have come out sooner, surely. Well, unfortunately, Steve, I would have thought that as well. But that is a true story. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> I still think that is a TV show waiting to be made. That is. Just and, dump and it, people in various places and wait to see how long somebody comes and opens the van. I think so. And, and the worst thing about it, it, it was my first ever production management job I was nervous about driving anyway because I'd only passed my driving test you know a few weeks beforehand and then then I am you know scheduled with driving a van from London all the way up to Newcastle and then I was the last person to leave and I always every time I drive past this petrol station in Islington in London I always think I could have that, that could have been anything in that van it could have been and it was emblazoned with Carol Vorderman's Better Gardens <laughs> and mine was bright orange. My van was bright orange. With you in the back. <laughs> Excellent. Um, so that's the true story, unfortunately. So which was the lie then? The, the aeroplane one? Uh, the lie is the aeroplane one. Um, I, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but if there was one thing you could tell your younger self about being freelance, what would it be? Hmm... You know, actually, I would say stop comparing yourself with other people. You're on your own journey. And there are so many factors that are affecting, you know, whether somebody gets a job over you or, you know, somebody else's journey that you're on your own path and do what you want to do and believe in yourself. I think that would be the main thing, really. That's really nice. Jackie, thank you so much. Don't forget, do take a look, beingfreelance.com, where we'll have show notes, all the links to what Jackie's up to, uh, both her website, Twitter, you know, those kind of, the usual. Plus, Jackie's blog is great. There's stuff on there specifically about being freelance that I wish we could have spoken about, like, for example, working for free, when you should work for free. It was something I was hoping we'd get to, but we sort of ran out of time. So do take a look, beingfreelance.com. Join us on Twitter, subscribe, uh, review if you enjoy it as well and um yeah thank you so much jackie for your time really thank you appreciate Steve. It. thank you Send- so much and get meditating yeah i will <laughs> <laughs> all the best being freelance <laughs> thanks steve